Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for August 13, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming, and I want you to open up your heart to that reality, that God made plans for you and that greater is coming, that the manifestation of God's plans are going to happen in your life at just the right time. And so this is part eight of the Greater is Coming series. I'm teaching on faith and patience. Uh, this is part eight of the series, and the title of today's message is Fight the Urge to Give Up. As a believer, listen, you are going to face opposition. You are. You, you are going to face obstacles. The enemy does get a vote. It's not like the devil is going to sit back and watch as you just walk in God's best. So he's going to do everything that he can to get you frustrated, disillusioned, to get you to the point where you give up, you cave in, you quit. And at that point, Satan didn't stop you. You stopped yourself. Satan knows that you can't. he can't stop you. He can't stop the hand of God on you. But if he can get you frustrated, then he can get you to stop yourself. But, but my expectation is as we are coming to the word of God on a daily basis, you are not going to stop. You're going to keep going. You will become the man, the woman that God called you to be. So we've been studying the life of David. Um, I got to the end of chapter 16 in the last message. I was about to cross over into chapter 17, 1 Samuel 17, but I paused for a moment. Today, I just want to give you like a recap of 1 Samuel chapter 16 real quick before we go into 17 with this message, fight the urge to give up. You ready? All right, so here we go. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, you know, we were introduced to David and we quickly saw the hand of God, you know, working in his life. And so there are things happening for him. It, it was an outpour of grace, an outpour of favor. There were things happening for David that that he didn't make happen. And 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 I want us to think for a moment about David even before this makeshift coronation ceremony. So David is the eighth son of Jesse the eighth and final son, by the way, the youngest, the eighth son of Jesse. Now, the, the number eight in the Bible is symbolic of new beginnings. So that was symbolic in and of itself. But but within the culture of the day, he was the last son. And so within the Hebrew culture, he was last in the pecking order. God has a way of making the last be first and the first be last. I'm telling you, one move from God. So anyway, he takes this boy that was the last in the pecking order, who had really no great expectations as it relates to his culture was concerned. The oldest brother, Eliab, was the first in line, and so he had the birthright. Everything was supposed to flow downhill from Eliab. But uh, even David, like when he was omitted from the lineup, they, they lined up, uh, Jesse had his boys lined up according to their age. And so David omitted from the lineup. He's out there in the fields. He's somewhat of a loner, and he spent a lot of time with his father's sheep. And he even learned, like later we'll cover in this series, that he, he was willing to protect his father's sheep at all costs. And at one point, he fought a lion with his bare hands and killed him. At another point, he killed a bear with his bare hands and killed him. And all of that was because he was learning really about God as he was out there with his father's sheep, he didn't know it. He was being prepared for his assignment. As the shepherd of the sheep, David watched as the sheep 
built a dependency towards him. Sheep have a terrible sense of direction. And it's interesting that God likens us to sheep because sheep have a terrible sense of direction. They don't know where they're going, but it doesn't matter just as long as they know who they're following. So, so David was out there with the sheep and he watched as they built up this dependency towards him and, and they went wherever he led them, right? So, so they relied on David for leadership and David relied on them for fulfillment because that's all he had. He was not a leader at home. As you can see, they pretty much didn't think much of him, didn't even ask him to be in the lineup. So he's out there in the field and he's getting his significance from the sheep. And so he's doing all that he can to be faithful over the sheep and the sheep are following him. And he's having this encounter with the sheep and the sheep with him when he thinks that no one's watching. But when no one was watching, God was watching. And God was watching to the point where God ministered to him. And later David would write the 23rd Psalm, which we're all familiar with. See, the point is that God had plans for David. And I'm sure that deep down inside, like all of us, deep down inside, David had to think, like, uh, and this is how we think too, man, my life has to be bigger than this, right? I mean, like my life has to be bigger than just sheep. I'm out here by myself. I'm out here with the sheep. He knew that he was born to do something greater, but, but really when it finally happened, it's something that he would not have imagined, not even in a thousand years. I'm saying king of Israel, like he had dreams maybe, but not like king of Israel sized dreams. And sometimes we hinder God because we fail to dream God sized dreams. But look, David was faithful over what was in front of him and he didn't know what was going to come next, but he was just going to be faithful. And then once the right time came, this is Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, there's a time and a season for everything and everything is going to happen in your life at just the right time. And this series is about faith and patience. When the right time came, God set some things in motion, right? For David, the prophet came, anointed him to be the next king of Israel. Then a word came from the palace. Hey, I need you to come. And he went and he was like, okay, what do you want me to do? Play the harp. I played the harp. What do you want me to do? Be an armor bearer, assistant. I'll be an assistant. Whatever was placed in front of him, he was faithful over it. And all of these things were happening in his life, not because he asked for it, not because he prayed for it. It was the grace of God. So listen, don't get frustrated. The grace of God is flowing. Fight the urge to give up, to cave in, and to quit. Greater is coming for you. So what does this mean to you today? I'm about to get started now. You're like, oh, Rick, that was good. No, no, no. I'm about to release some nuggets into your life. What does this mean to you today? I have six things to share with you in this morning. This is where I want you to rid your heart of all distractions, lock in six things. Number one, here we go. Now, I tell you this all the time, but I'm gonna keep telling you. Number one, God made plans for you before the world began. He did. God made plans. You are not a mistake. God made plans for you. God made plans for you then. He has plans for you now, right? So you are destined. And at just the right time, things are going to happen for you. God's plan will manifest and then unfold right before your eyes. And when it happens, it's going to be greater than than anything that you imagine. I'm telling you. That's Ephesians 3 and 20. Number two, in that same vein, God's plans for you are greater than your plans for yourself. I remember kind of talking about this point that, that, you know, God has plans for you before the world began. And our life is about submitting to God's plans. And faith is not about you coming up with something and saying, Father, give me, give me, give me. Like, my name is Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me. No, that's not faith. Faith is you submitting and surrendering to God's plans. And I remember somebody telling me, well, what if, what if, what if God's plans for you are not as good as your plans for you? 
I said, what? And the guy was like, well, I don't want to submit to God's plans because I already mapped out my life. And what if God's plans are not what I want, right? That's why you success in Christ is not about more trying. It's about more dying. You have to die to self in order to become the man, the woman that God called you to be. But I was appalled that this guy think, I told him, I said, do you really think you, that you can outdream God? <laughs> I mean, do you really think that your plans could be better than God's plans? Are you kidding me? You can't outdream God. Ephesians 3 and 20 says that we serve a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, or even imagine. I mean, God is going to blow your mind. When God, ha when the thing happens, when God releases and things start to happen and his plan is unfolding right before your eyes, it will be greater than you ever imagined. Greater is coming for you. I'm telling you, number three, remain faithful over what you have been given charge over. E even if it seems like no one is, is watching, nobody is noticing. Like, even right now, like you may think, hey, with coronavirus, COVID-19, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm working my butt off at home. I don't know if anybody's watching. God is watching. I don't know if anybody is noticing. God is noticing. He's paying attention. If you are faithful over little, Luke 16 and 10, God will make sure that you get promoted and God will make sure that you will be given charge over much. But if you're not faithful over little, then you won't be given charge over much. Zechariah 4 and 10 says that you should not despise small beginnings. Oh, but Rick, I'm called to do great things. I can't focus on this little thing right now. Oh, then, then you're not ready to be great. You're not ready to be great if you can't focus on what's in front of you right now. So if you can't focus, you should despise not small beginnings. All great things started small. So you have to be faithful over the small so God can give you the big. If you're not faithful, listen, David was out there tending sheep, faithful over that. Then he got to the palace. He was already anointed to be the king. He gets to the palace. They was like, what you, what you need me to do? Play the harp, faithful. What you need me to do now? Be an assistant, faithful. No, he was faithful over the little and then God made him charge over the much. And with everything that he did, even over the little, he did it with a spirit of excellence. As a believer, you have to do all that you do with an excellent spirit. This is what God expects of us. God knows that, that God knows how it feels. Like, I mean, you know, all of us, we, we get this feeling to where we're stuck. We're stuck in the middle between our history and our destiny. And we know what it's like. I know what it's like. And you're like, oh, I know that there's more in my heart. My life has to be bigger than this. I know that there's greater for me and all of that. I got it. But you got to be faithful over what's in front of you right now. Balancing your focus for your today with your faith for your tomorrow, which requires patience, is not always easy. Let me say that again. Balancing your focus for your today with your faith for your tomorrow is not always easy. And it's a balance, and it's a balance that we must learn to master. We must learn to master. I'm going to be faithful over this, but I know that this is not the end. I'm, I'm going to be faithful over this, but I know God put something greater in my heart. God, this is Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, Ecclesiastes 3 and 15. God took something from eternity and placed it in my heart and in my mind, and it has become a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. And I'm going to be faithful over what I'm doing right now, but I would never be satisfied until I become the man, the woman that God called me to be. I will never be satisfied until I, and I, until I become what I saw. God revealed something to me about my future. He showed it to me. I saw myself doing it. I saw myself being it. And I would never be satisfied until I become what I saw. But I got to be faithful over my today. I'm going to be faithful over my today, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep believing God for my tomorrow. Say amen to that. Number four. My God, I feel like preaching now. Don't underestimate the power of God's love or his grace. Never underestimate the power of God's love or his grace towards you. While God 
called us, commanded us to walk and live by faith, right? And we, we stand in faith. We, we expect our breakthrough to come by faith. There are times where God will do some stuff to us completely by grace. David didn't stand in faith to become the king of Israel. David didn't stand in faith to get a call to the palace. David didn't stand in faith for the promise to, for the prophet to come. None of that. David didn't ask for any of it. It was the grace of God. It was the grace of God towards him. God said, you know what? Let me do this. Then God said, you know what? Let me do that. Then God said, you know what? Let me do this. And none of this was David asking for it. And none of this was David standing in faith. And none of this was David standing on a promise of God or scripture. Listen, I want you to faith, to have faith. I want you to fast and pray. I want you to stand on the promises of God. I want you to, to decree and to declare. I want you to do all of that, that that we do as a believer. That is God's expectation of us. But listen, let me also tell you that there are some times where you did none of that and God did it for you anyway. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't even ask for this and, and I didn't have a scripture and I didn't I didn't pray and I did whoa, 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 whoa. And God is opening doors for me that I didn't even ask to be open and God is blessing me. I'm telling you, greater is coming for you. It is the grace of God and the love of God. Say amen to that. Oh man, number five, never give up. Never give up. Your life, look at me real quick. You're like, Rick, you're doing all this stuff. You're talking about all this stuff. That's great, but you don't know me. Like, you don't know little old me. You know, you don't understand my life. Okay, I got it. Your life may seem mundane or ordinary or common. I got it. But that doesn't mean that God's dream for your life is not going to come to pass. We serve a God who can change your life around in a moment. See, you got to keep your hopes up. You got to believe that, that it can happen and it can happen at any time. You live your life with an expectation of manifestation. Greater is coming and it can happen right now, anytime. And it, last point, number six, why? Because it only takes one move from God, just one. One move from God can shift your life around forever. In one move, God took a coward and make him a, made him a champion. That was Gideon. In one move, God took a barren man and made him a father of many nations. That's Abraham. In one move, God took a fisherman and made him uh, uh, the leader of the, the New Testament church, the founder of the New Testament church. That was Peter. In one move, God took an extremist and made him an evangelist. <laughs> that was Paul. And in one move, God took a shepherd boy and shifted his life around and put him on a trajectory to become the king of Israel. That's David. I'm telling you that wherever God leads you, no matter how crazy it seems, your job is to follow. In the end, in the end, God has the last say. God, God reserves the last move on the checkboard, on the chessboard of your life for himself. Listen, the, the devil's going to do whatever he, he, he tries and he's going to try to get you off, off uh, course and he's going to try to derail you from your destiny, but you just keep believing. Part of it is your faith. Part of it is God's grace. And between your faith and God's grace, you will become the man or the woman that God called you to be. Greater is coming for you. I'm going to close out with the declaration of faith. I'm telling you once again, you got to fight the urge to give up. Fight the urge to get frustrated, especially now where, where, where maybe your life is not what it used to be and worship is not like you can't go to church, like maybe all this stuff. I got it. But still, fight the urge to give up. God is still God. His plans are still true. It's going to happen. Greater is coming for you. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I know you love me. <laughs> it amazes me that you made plans for me from the foundations of the world. You planned out my life before I was born. You sit on the circle of the earth and you still take time to think about me. 
Thank you, Father, for caring about me. You have even numbered every hair on my head. I rest in your love for me. And since I know you love me, I believe your plans for my life shall come to pass. So I'm going to be faithful to discharge the duties that you give me on a daily basis. I perform whatever's in front of me with a spirit of excellence, whether others are watching or not. I remain faithful over my today, and I believe that you will usher me into my tomorrow at just the right time. I will never give up. I will never cave in. I will never quit because I know that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and you'll get all my notes. Don't you want my notes? Go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, you got to fight the urge to give up. Greater is coming. I'm telling you, God is not lying. God is going to do what he said he would do in your life. Coronavirus hasn't changed a thing. God is more dedicated to you. Even when we are faithless towards him, he's faithful towards us for he cannot deny himself. When he looks at you, he sees the plans that he made for you before the world began. Go into this day walking in those plans. Do me a favor. Uh, share this on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Leave me a comment in the comment section, in the chat section on Facebook, on YouTube. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.